if your primary focus is on your horse, your emotions go up and down with your horse. If your secondary focus is aware of what your horse is doing, but your primary focus is on what you're doing, you find your emotions will go up and down a little less. Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. Mark, the questions for you this week are on nervousness, which I'm sure we can all relate to. And the questions are for both humans and horses. So how we can help horses that are nervous and also how we can address our own nervousness. The first question is from Tracy. She would like to know how she can help an anxious horse to settle. Is it enough just to be grounded? So for Tracy, there was a tractor that was seeding close by and her horse became quite spooky, circling her on a lead and popping either end up off the ground. He would settle momentarily and then get anxious again. She doesn't want to do the wrong thing and do something that would make him escalate. So she wasn't sure if popping the flag was the right thing to do in this instance. Have you got any suggestions for how she can just help settle her horse? So... Being grounded and centred is, 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 you know, like part of the key because, you you know, you're not wanting a horse to, you know, shift your where you are, your foundation, and you want to be clear like that because that shows strength. Um, and, you know, the, the old saying, like, you know, it's not about moving a horse's feet, it's just not letting them move yours um, is, is really important, um, but it's sometimes not enough you know, to get a horse to distract out of a state of, you know, when they get frantic and anxious and, and their thoughts are somewhere else. So, um, and even if you sort of try to sort of do certain, um, you know, small things like, you know, some connection work and doing this and the other, and that's not enough sometimes either, especially when they get, get to that state. So whatever you do has to be bigger than almost the emotion or the strength of thought that they've got. Um, and sometimes it would seem to escalate it. Like sometimes, you know, at a clinic, a horse is really bouncing around and I'll pop the flag kind of big once and, and, and it'll create a bit of a shock in the air and then all of a sudden that horse will reset for a second and then when that thoughts disappear again, I'll pop it again. But by the time the horse has sort of, you know, come back to me, the flag's gone. It's not just wiggling around and annoying it. It's just, it's just you know, done and dusted sort of thing. Um, now, as long as you know when you do that, the horse may pull on the rope, and you can sort of hold that rope to, to sort of sort of turn the horse back around to you. Um, then you know there's a moment of of usually stillness, um, but you've got to be effective at that sort of you know kind of get them, and you, you may have to kind of get them to face up as you do it because um, you, you don't want them to sort of running sideways away. So they, they you'll have to put a, enough pressure on the rope to say you know face up reset and then as they face up and reset the flag's quiet you'll just stand there quietly grounded and the horse kind of might have a second to sort of start to come down a bit um and usually most cases is you know we can get a horse out of trouble like that um if you do it under the pressure and you just annoy it they, they escalate if you um, so you do have to be careful with that but in some instances there's not a lot you can do when a horse is really that wound up um, and I've found the best results I've always got is from, from, from a clear reset. Um, sometimes in some horses you can put one clear bump on the rope that sort of breaks through that, um, that hard thought. 
but what I don't like people doing is just getting on their heads and just, you know, just going to town on them and, and saying, don't do that, don't do that. Um, if you have to sort of put a bump on a rope, it's because the horse is just pulling on the pressure and just not listening anyway. So it's to break through the wall of resilience and of the strength of that outside thought that the horse has got. So it's to sort of reset it and then you loosen off on the rope and let the horse just sort of ground itself. So you can use the rope if you don't have a flag to do that. But like anything, um, the, 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 the thing of horsemanship and horse training is, is um, if you get some things wrong when the horse is escalated, like anything, um, there is a risk of things, you know, escalating more if you're not very clear about it. But usually if you, you know, as I say, if you're quick with the flag or the bump, to say let go of that and you're clear when the horse turns around and grounded and you're calm and you're not escalated yourself because um, you're not buying into the emotion your emotions are sort of trying to stay sort of fairly neutral and um, you know you're not rising up and down it's when people sort of move around a lot they're managing their horse they're bumping on it they're doing all this sort of stuff that it's almost like the horse gets you know, really anxious and the person's sort of bouncing around just the same trying to manage the horse and, and for some horse it feels like, you know, the person's on the attack. Uh, so, yeah, grounding yourself is right, but a very clear reset and usually if you do the clear reset at the right time when those thoughts start to go. Um, so once you've done your first reset, when the horse is bouncing around, the next one might be timed as this before the horse gets too fast with its feet um, and you see it start to go again and then you'll reset it and then it'll go oh all right, all right, this person is you know pretty aware and, um, and then 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 soon enough it'll have a chance to start to regulate and come down a little bit but you know we have to step in and help um, that's so important to to you know the longer they stay in that state the, the more they can get in that state and the more they stay in that state Right, so you've got to snap them, snap them out of it and make that, whatever you do, has to be bigger than the anxiety that they're feeling effectively. So you're trying to create yep. a big enough distraction or, and yeah, sometimes that has to be a quick it's, it's, shock. Yeah, it's like if someone, um, you know, in a classroom and all the kids are chattering and anxious and then a teacher comes in and, you know, slams the door once and everyone turns around. Um, it's a similar effect as that, you know, it's, it's more of a, a shock reaction, but when everybody turns around, there's this lovely smiling teacher going, hello class. <laughs> um, it's, it's what they see when they turn around that makes them feel good, not necessarily the distract, you know, the distraction might shock them, but it's the, the moment after the, the distraction that, that, that is, is there to sort of set up the good feeling in the horse and the connection. Yeah, right, that's a lovely description you just gave, I like it. Okay, um, so the next question then is about humans and it's from Michaela. So she's got a horse that has been quite aggressive towards her around feeding time. She's not really frightened of a horse anymore, but what she finds is that she sort of has this nervous energy. She's quite aware of it. Her voice will get a bit shaky. Her hands might get a bit shaky. So what she's wondering is, can her horse, do you think, sense her nervous energy? And do you have any sort of tips on how she might be able to fake confidence um, until she can get over that nervous stage? It's a very hard thing. I mean, there's a lot of people that go out and they do a lot of, um, you know, whether they do, you know, certain grounding exercises and they seek alternative help for meditation and stuff like that. There's, there's all those sort of roads you can go down. 
uh, that, that sometimes help people with their own emotions because um, you probably find, you know, it's not just around horses. There's other times that your emotions are going to be up and down and trying to sort of, you know, you know, stay calm amongst the chaos can, can, can sometimes be, be, be difficult depending on the level of chaos around you. Um, and just to make you sort of feel like you're not the only one, um, you know, years of training horses and tough horses. There's one time I got on a horse and I got a shake that I couldn't control. And that was when I, I realised that I'd, I'd put myself on the line too many times that I was out of control, as in I, I, there was a, there was a, I felt like I couldn't control my emotions, as in I couldn't control my body because I had this kind of a freeze that came through my body. So as long as you don't get to that state. But by the sounds of it, you're not you know, scared of the horse. You're just, you're just still going up and down in your emotions. So... But what I used to do myself um, when I'm in a state, like when I feel that happening, I use distraction, um, you know, to, to help me reset my focus a bit and sort of take away the personal approach of it. So like at clinics, I say to people, this is not personal. Um, so the first thing I, I have to always go in when I'm working with a horse, the first thing that, that keeps my mind uh, less inclined to go up and down with the emotions and the anxiety of the situation is I'm only the helper of this horse. I don't own this horse. Um, it's completely neutral and I try and be emotionless, which sounds a bit crude, but emotionless but you're there to help that horse get into a, 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 you know, get it to feel good. So, so you, you go in as this is not my horse. I've borrowed this horse, whatever. So your first thing is going in and saying, you know, I have, I don't remember yesterday. Um, how can I help this horse? And that, that, that for a long time had to be my uh, something in my head because every time I had to go in and do something it, it was easy to get personal and then when I didn't know what to do next you know I was up and down and things like that so I think that's the most important key when you step into that environment that you want to help your horse around feed time. The other thing that I do that I really try and get people to do is um, and I say, it's a sort of a jokingly way I say it but I say you've got to be selfish. Um, now I just say be neutral then I say be selfish. Now Selfish doesn't sound like a nice thing to do when you're trying to help a horse, but some people become so selfless that they buy into everything. So selfish means, uh, in the horse term that I'm talking about it, um, it's just owning your decisions and being a little bit more distracted in what you're doing, but still using your secondary focus to be aware of what's happening with your horse. So what people do is... Um, is they put their primary focus on what's happening with the horse and the secondary focus is kind of like a bit vague and on and, and, and your secondary focus is not enough for you you need your primary focus on every footfall everything you're doing um, and your secondary focus on your horse if your primary focus is on your horse your emotions go up and down with your horse if your secondary focus is aware of what your horse is doing but your primary focus is on what you're doing you find your emotions will go up and down a little less with, with, with what's happening. So, so what I mean by primary focus on yourself and being selfish, if I had a horse that's bouncing around and really anxious, when I place my foot, I look at the ground a little bit where I'm going and, and just analyse where the ground is and, you know, maybe the footprint that was there before. Or, um, and when I ground my foot, I'm thinking about 
the, the pathway that I'm that I'm walking or the ground that I'm standing on. Um, you know, just like you're going on a bit of a walk through the bush and you've got to, you know, nearly sort of pick your pick your way through some rocky terrain or something like that. Um, it's very hard to have keep an eye on your horse and, and, and be very present in what you're doing uh, in the sense of where you're standing, things like that. But um, I think it's something you practice all the time. Um, and what that used to do to me, it distracted me enough to think about, to keep me thinking about what I was doing and not always buy into what the horse was doing and the emotions around it. And, and um, But as long as you can sort of, in your peripheral vision and through the other senses that you have, keep be aware of where that horse is so you're safe and things like that and what the horse may do next. Don't sort of just lose your horse in your own sort of, you know, distractedness on, on where you're going. You still have to hone into that secondary focus, but you have to be thinking about what you're doing so if like how I would sort of say to someone if I was on a horse that made me nervous and I start to lose that oh crikey I'm starting to overthink things I'd, I'd just pick up a rein and say there's a stick over there just about half a foot away and I wonder if we could just get your thoughts across that stick and just maybe walk to that stick and um and I was still aware of where the horse's thoughts were going but I started to think about the stick and how I could get there a little bit and it's only as I say I never sort of picked a target a mile away or, or you're not even not even 10 meters away but it was just something that was just there and uh, if I couldn't get to it it didn't matter but I started to sort of think about getting to that little point and uh, where I may end up next and that sort of took my mind off oh crikey the horse is going, going a bit you're getting a bit nervous and you know buying into that too much so you're sort of slightly distracting yourself into your purpose, um, but being highly aware of your horse, which um, which it takes a bit of practice, but I think it's good to go out and practice it because to me that sort of um, shows the horses as well that we're a good leader because the people who put their primary focus on what's happening with their horse, the secondary focus on them, their leadership is weak because their intentions are vague, they're always focused on their horse, they're managing their horse, not managing themselves. And, and, and when horses look at leader horses, they look at the horse that manages themselves well, not the horse that always manages the other horses. So the horse that manages itself well would usually be a good, confident horse to lead the horse to safety, a herd to safety. So when people over-focus on their horse and under-focus on their self and their intention, then basically they're handing leadership over to the other horse and... Um, by focusing on them too much and then all the emotions of that other horse can sometimes filter into the person if that makes sense um that's what i encourage people to do to become more grounded and, and not go up and down with their emotions and by that they're distracting themselves in their own little world enough to to, to be a little bit cocooned from all the emotions of the horse you can learn more from Mark and his approach online through his online training videos. Just search Mark Langley Horsemanship. Join hundreds of others around the world making real progress, fixing problems and improving their relationship with their horses. There are now over 500 training videos. Make use of the seven day free trial and take a look. Membership is just $15 a month and you get to ask Mark a question.